Welcome back to this episode of the Dreamer's Manual podcast. If we haven't met yet, my name is Julie Calcote, and I'm an online business manager who helps creative business owners build their team, streamline their systems, hone their strategies, and create the freedom in the business that they've desired since they started their business. Now, today we're so lucky to have Kiva Slade as our guest. I know and love Kiva, and I knew how much value she was going to bring to this episode but even I was blown away by everything she shared. And I know, especially if you're a creative business owner, it might feel like, why are we talking about numbers again? Because we have had a couple episodes where we're talking about numbers and their importance in your business. And having done this now, going on five years in the online space, I can really tell you that these numbers are what can really bring you and your business the freedom that you're looking for. And we talk about so much more today than numbers with Kiva. We talk about shame in the online business space. And as a business owner, we talk specifically about how tracking your numbers is not only super empowering, but it reserves and directs the limited energy that we have into the places that are going to create the biggest impact and how to do that. We also talk about Google Analytics 4, and I promise you, Kiva has a way of explaining it and breaking it down. She will make you want to get off of this podcast or finish the podcast and go over and switch your website over to Google Analytics 4. Now, if you haven't had a chance to meet Kiva, she is the owner and lead consultant of the 516 Collaborative. As an analytics and operations consultant, she is committed to helping businesses use data and analytics for data-driven decision-making. Kiva collaborates with her clients and gives them a high-level strategy, data, and operational excellence they need to show up as their best selves in their business and personal lives. Kiva does this while honoring her values of integrity, candor, curiosity, optimism, and fun. Kiva holds a master's degree in public administration and has over 10 years experience as a product and service-based entrepreneur. Her 20 years of experience run the gamut from legislative director for a Congress member to chief encouragement officer for her children. You can find her indulging in gluten-free desserts or a good book in her free time. You can find all the links for this show always in the show notes, but if you want to get started on that transition from Google Analytics or no analytics to Google Analytics 4. Kiva has a freebie for you. It's at move to ga4.com backslash home. And I'm sure you can also find that link at her website, which is www.the516collaborative.com. Now I won't make you wait any longer. Here's Kiva. Eva, thanks so much for joining us on the Dreamers Manual podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Julie. It's so wonderful to connect with you and see you. I've missed you. (laughs) I know. We used to get to connect a lot more. And so this is a big treat for me. I've been really looking forward to it. Me too. Well, this is a topic that I really feel is super important. And at the top, I want to say for people that hear the word like numbers or analytics or things like that, please like do not tune your brain out because I promise you from somebody who 
didn't understand or know the value when I first started an online business. And through being, you know, an OBM in that journey, of course, I see all of the things and the the gifts that these numbers bring you. But can you tell us why these numbers are so important and why people should stay tuned and listen today? Yeah, I love that we're starting with that. Don't tune out, everyone. <laughs> the numbers can feel scary. I think data in and of itself feels scary, but the reality is that there's so much value in the data that your business already has. And that value comes from knowing what's working, what's not working. And then that knowing those two things helps you redirect your energy, redirect your resources, whether that's your time and or money into the things that are actually working and producing results in your business, instead of in some cases, spending time on things that aren't working and aren't producing results. So I think the data really helps us have a better understanding of what is going on in our business so that we can do more of what does do what we want it to do and less of what's just really not working. And in some cases might actually be draining us in terms of time and money. And we're wondering why we're not gaining traction. So definitely stay tuned, everyone. I promise you, we will not make numbers dry and boring. <laughs> now that we've given them that like nugget and that teaser, we'll have an intro, of course, that people have listened to in the beginning. But can you tell us who you are and what you do in this online space? Sure thing. So hello, everyone. My name is Kiva Slade. I'm the owner of the 516 Collaborative. Like Julie, I am certified as an online business manager, also a director of operations. But what I really love to focus on is data. And in particular, just social media marketing, obviously, that's a big part of it. So looking at people's marketing data, as well as operational data, because to me, they're both really important in a business. There are two components, as well as financial data, which also build together to formulate what's called business intelligence, which big businesses use on a regular basis to guide their efforts. And I really think as small business owners, we need to take advantage of that as well and using that business intelligence intelligence to guide us forward in what we do. So I love that intersection of data and operations and how the two inform each other and really helping business owners harness their data so that they, as I said earlier, just really make better decisions. And also I think as women, you know, the statistics are we start a ton of businesses, but especially in the United States, we don't always make it past the three-year mark, the five-year mark, the 10-year mark. I really think that data is one of those missing components that helps us not only use our businesses for, you know, our immediate, the impact that we're making, but it's another tool of wealth building and wealth creation for us as women. And it helps us lay a level, a playing field that it's not always in our favor, but if we're using data and we're being those smart, intuitive women that we are, we can use that to our advantage in making sure that we have just sustainability as well as longevity. So those are the my playgrounds that I like to play in my sandboxes, I guess, are in the data and operations field and really helping business owners take advantage of that in a way that I don't think they always do, and but it's definitely helpful and um, guides their business forward faster 
in many cases because it's not so based on our feelings. It's actually based on the numbers, which as much as we may not like them or like them, they don't lie. They are what they are. <laughs> and so it's extracting what we can in terms of information from them so that we can use that in our businesses. And I can't wait to talk about examples because I'm a big examples person. And I know I can think of tons of examples where data and numbers make really simplified decisions without that angst. And so that's going to be really fun. But I'm wondering first, did you always love data and numbers or how did you come to this? Because we have not only a mix of business owners that are listening, but also OBMs, potential OBMs. And no matter what field you're in, even if it's an online space, people sometimes talk about specialties and like, how did you come to your specialty? Did you discover it? Did you always have this interest in this, this field? Yeah. You know, that's a really great question. And I had to really take myself back one day. <laughs> I was thinking way back to my Harriet the Spy reading books underneath. Oh, me my, too. Me the, too. Yes. You know, like with a flashlight, my parents were wishing I would go to bed, but I'm like, I cannot go to bed until I finish this story. But um, I think a big part for me was understanding um, even through my Clifton strengths, like one of my main strengths is called contacts. I've always looked at things from the past to look at trends. I'm always wanting to look at things that are historical. Like I can sit and watch, like there's this one documentary I love, World War II in color. Like I can watch all 13 episodes and I'm just riveted. Like this is amazing stuff. But I think about how it relates to things that happen now and how some of those same war strategies are actually utilized still. And I put those pieces together. So I think for me, when I started looking back, I can even go back to um, grad school in using geographic information systems and mapping and how we use the data from the census to determine, you know, like what areas needed resources more than others. So there's always been um, the curious part of me that wants to, okay, but why are we doing this again? And I think that has always tied into the numbers. So when I actually came into this space and even in my business, you know, at first, I think we always gravitate towards, if we're honest, the things that are paying us <laughs> and the people that pay us. And in many cases, that's business owners who want us to come in and take over their teams because that's not their area of specialty or something like that. And we're really good at things of that sort. But like you and others who might be listening, when we get on the back end of those businesses, we start seeing so much. You know, like when Dorothy went to the wizard and pulled back the curtain was like, wait a minute, like it's just this one dude in here. And we start seeing things like that where we're like, well, this could be done differently or this program we have is totally losing money and this is happening. This So there's so many different things that you see that you're like, uh, does anyone else see this? Or at least like that's me. And I'm just like, okay, what about if we look at how long these people have been on our email list before they make their first purchase. And one of my clients was like, you want to do what? I was like, trust me, you want to understand how long your sales cycle is. Because if it takes people three months to buy, then you can't think that this large uptick in your email list is going to automatically turn into paying customers, you know? And so she, I explained it to her and we started really digging into her email list and how long people have subscribed. What have they subscribed to along the way when it came to different opt-ins and things of that sort? And it really just became this thing of 
I just was in my happy place when I just was like pulling those pieces of data together and putting together the story of, hey, this is really what's happening. Because I think a lot of times we get caught in, let's fix it quickly. And when we're trying to fix it quickly, we don't do that deep dive. And the deep dive is often where the the nuggets are, you know, where you're finding the real gems. And it's like, oh, because a quick fix just looks like people are on our list and our email list is growing. Yay, that's a good thing. You know, a deeper dive says, oh, they're on the list for three months before they actually make a purchase. Hmm. Okay. So along, you know, then... (laughs) You need to nurture these people for a three-month cycle in order to get them to make a buy. And so it just is in that that deeper dive, those deep focus areas. And that's pretty much how I said, like, this is this is where my heart really is. And this is where my the strategy part of my mind is excited, you know, the putting things together, as well as that curious part of like, okay, but let's look at what has happened so we can actually determine where things are going. So yeah, that's how I kind of fell into this space. And I'll be honest, it's it's not the sexy space. It's not the exciting space. Um, I think marketing is, you know, like marketing sales. They just feel like so much more, oh, wow, bright and shiny and everything's great. But I think a lot of businesses would benefit from digging a little deeper into their data, and then it would inform those other decisions that seem easier or quicker or shorter paths to cash, and they might actually see there's some better paths that they can actually take. So I love that all so, so much. I wonder if this is your experience too, and I think it never hurts to take a little pause and say this because I've had some of the most feedback on the podcast of people reaching out and saying, thank you for taking the shame away from how I feel about my business. And our goal is always to be really authentic and real. And I have this experience with, I think almost, if not every OBM client that's ever come to me is if they're not using the word shame, there is some level of embarrassment or like they fear being judged about the back end of their business. And I always say, I'm celebrating you. I'm so absolutely completely proud of what you've built. I think it's people take these businesses and they grow massive, you know, income generating powerful businesses from nothing just with their computer and their brain. And so I, I have the ability because I have a fresh set of eyes to look at things in a different way, but there's no judgment there. So I wonder if you could speak to that too, for your clients. Oh, absolutely. There is so no judgment that I even allow to take place. I had one client who said, she's like, the thing I love most about you is that you call people up. You don't call people out. And I was like, wow. And she was a writer. So I'm always was loving any words that she would string together. But that was really the thing. Like, like you said, people have built amazing empires based on their sheer will and grit and determination and an idea that they had maybe one morning in the shower and and they have teams, they have this, they have that, they've made an impact, they've served clients. No, there is absolutely no shame. The thing about it is, hey, you've done all of this amazing stuff and we do, we celebrate this. We hold all the space for this. Now for us to take this to the next level, That next level of growth, that next level of scaling, that next level of whatever you want it to be, 
what else can we add to this? It's like we, we've we made brownies and they were really good. Next time we do it, we're going to add some chocolate chips, you know, and we're going to add chocolate chips to it. And then the next time we're going to add some whipped cream on top. We are only there to help make things even better than they already were by in many cases, as you said, fresh set of eyes, a new set of tools that we might bring into a business. We're there to enhance what has existed. And there is no shame whatsoever because in many instances, we know what we know. And that's why we reach out to others. And I've, you know, part of my business name is collaborative because I think there's so much power in collaboration and working together. You can't possibly be the only one who knows everything and hold all the knowledge, all the everything. It doesn't work that way. So we get to come in and we partner with businesses and partner with fellow OBMs and we partner together to say like, hey, you are super strong in whatever area. I am not as strong in that area, but I can come in and help your client or help you with this area because this is something that I love to do. And I think that collaboration, we really are just coming together like building something that's even better from what exists and definitely no shame, no putting down, no any of that. I'm not calling you out. Hey, (laughs) we are doing what we do because we love to do it. And again, that we can turn these businesses even into more robust economic engines that are having greater impact, that are serving more people, that are hiring more people, that are changing more lives through those programs that they offer and the people that are on their team. So definitely it's about the the chocolate chips and the sprinkles. (laughs) It's not about like coming in and saying, we don't even want to eat brownies. No, no, we're all eating brownies and we're having a good time doing it. Just adding pieces to that that help enhance what already exists. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, as people are listening, whatever type of business you have, I think probably the most common question is like, where do I start? Because starting can always feel the most overwhelming, the most awkward. And I know you're going to have some great advice about where people can dip their toe into this numbers game. Yeah, definitely. So there's many places you can start if you, many of you are already doing this you just don't call it that because <laughs> I'm quite sure most business owners are tracking how much revenue they have. Okay. They're, they're tracking what their expenses are. They're tracking um, what they spend on professional development. They're tracking what they pay their team. So there's a lot of this that's already being looked at. I think the next step or, you know, wanting to kind of dive into the shallower end with your tiny feet going in step by step, really starting to think about, I like for people to start with marketing. I think that that helps them look at and have a, as you said earlier, like make decisions without that sense of angst. And it's just like, nowadays we have this feeling that we need to be on all platforms and everywhere and and you know we're on this content creation hamster wheel and feeling completely burnt out so by starting with your marketing analytics obviously if you have a website i strongly encourage you to have google analytics 4 installed on that because that is one way you're going to figure out how are people finding you 
you know, connect that to your Google search console and have those things on your site. So you're knowing what SEO people are using to find you and where the heck are they coming from? Okay. Are they coming from just random Google or Bing searches or are they coming from Instagram? Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, whatever that platform is. And is that platform where you are spending your time, okay? Maybe your Instagram people come in and they are on your website for 20 seconds, but people from Facebook come to your website and they are there for four minutes and they are looking at more than one page and they've gone from your homepage to your service page and they went to your contact page and they... And you're looking at, oh, wow, they're spending a lot of time there. And then you think about, well, I don't spend hardly any time on Facebook. You know, I just do this on there. That will give you some insights. What will happen if you decide to spend more time on Facebook talking about what you do? So more people are seeing that. And I think the thing that we want to, or I love to encourage people is, remember, marketing is just that, it's testing. It's trying to figure out, does this work? Does this not? Okay. So if you commit yourself to spending more time on Facebook for the next 30 days, let's look at what those numbers are today. And let's look at what those numbers are in 30 days. Do we see that there's been an increase in traffic? There's been an increase in how long people are on your page. There's been an increase in discovery calls book to work with you. Whatever those things are that you want to track, that's where I think people should start. So you have your web analytics. You can definitely track how many people follow you or not follow you. I don't really care about that because if they follow you and never book a call, eh, you just had a whole bunch of people following you. (laughs) So really starting to think about the more, you know, where are people coming from, utilizing that information to also determine where you spend your time. I think that's a good place to start because it lets you know that, hey, I spend all day trying to make... I don't know, reels or something for TikTok or Instagram or whomever, and daggone it, no one's coming to my site, then maybe you can go ahead and stop that, release that from your your schedule and free yourself up to do some other things in your business that probably are more pressing and maybe need more of your attention. And then you actually might feel better in whatever the situation. Maybe you spend a ton of time on LinkedIn and you're not seeing traffic you know, you're not seeing anything come from that. So you can pull back from that. But if we don't have those numbers to ground us in that decision-making that says, hey, you know, I've done this for 30 days. I've looked at these numbers. Either there's been no change. There's actually been a decrease. There's been this drastic uptick. Now, based on that, you're like, oh, I can do such and such and such and such. You can make a decision based on that. Hi, it's Julie. I'm just popping in real quick because we're talking so much today with Kiva about freedom and how entrepreneurs can have more freedom in their business. And that is what my freebie, the Dream Team Starter Kit, really does for you. Whether or not you're going to hire a team, we walk you through doing a time study. And that has the tracker that I use myself in my own business every quarter to track where I'm spending my time and where I should really be spending it. And it also walks through your vision and values in your business. This isn't just a January thing, especially if you don't have a current vision and either you don't have or you need to revisit and update your values. You heard Kiva in the beginning lead with her values and 
that's either going to make people feel more connected to you and know that they're in the right place or know that they're not the right fit for you and find someone who is. Either way, it's a win-win for both people. So to get that free starter kit, the link is in the show notes. You can always message me on Instagram. I'm at OBM, and just DM me the word dream team. It can be one word, you can make it two and I will send you the link and you can get downloaded with that and get moving towards more freedom, documentation and success in your business in 2023. Like I had a client who did seven figure business. She spent a lot of time on Instagram. She, she was on there, but she was also like, I'm so tired. I'm just, she had a two verified accounts like a personal brand and her business or her, you know, original brand. She was like, I'm tired. I'm tired of creating content. I'm just tired. And she was launching a um, retreat. And so we set up in her Google analytics just to find out like what's happening from the landing page to the actual checkout page to the confirmation page. And one of the things we found that was interesting was that Instagram drove a ton of traffic. When she talked about it on Instagram, it drove a ton of traffic to the landing page. However, the conversion rate from the landing page to the checkout page via Instagram, those folks were like, yay, nice landing page. Woohoo, good for you. And they weren't buying. And so we loved it though, because we looked at her email list, which She had been in business since 2014, so she had people who have been on her list, who have followed her for a long time. When we looked at her email list, though, it didn't send as much traffic to the landing page. However, the conversion rate, more than quadruple (laughs) of what Instagram was. And so we started actually looking at the email list more and looking at, okay, what happens if we send another email. Cause let me be realistic. Like email communication was like, yeah, it was, we were good if we were once a week. <laughs> it wasn't like as consistent as the time she was spending. So we actually started talking about the event more to the email list and she was able to sell out the event to the level that she wanted to and so many things, but it really helped her say like, wow, I am tired of always feeling like I'm creating so much content. And These numbers are actually not showing me that this is making a dent in what, or you know, it's not having the impact that I thought it was going to make. And it's so interesting now, um, like she has pretty much, she's almost in the process of selling one of the businesses. And so she's been more focused on her personal brand and we stopped working together, but we still stay in touch. She has pretty much taken three month hiatuses from Instagram. Now she like is not posting the social media manager we brought in is doing the posting for the one business and like her personal, she was like, I post when I want to and she'll take a long hiatus. And she's like, that just feels so much better to me. And I was just like, wow, I think, you know, sometimes we're thinking about just the direct benefit from a work like, oh, wow, you were able to sell us your event. But there's another benefit, which is she was tired. She was tired of doing those things. And now she has felt a freedom to take a hiatus. And when she comes back, she's more recharged. She's more reinvigorated. And she's like, yeah. And she plays on Instagram for a little. And then she goes away again. 
And it has not impacted her revenue in any way, shape, fashion, or form. The email list is now very consistently spoken to, and we've segmented them, and we've asked them questions and gotten some zero-party data from them to understand what are they looking for. And it has just all around been a more positive experience for her, for the business, for the team, for everyone. So I just, you know, start with your marketing because for many of us, that's I found to be the struggle area where it's like we're good at serving our clients. We're good at managing our own backends and our own business bookkeeping, so to speak. Where we struggle is oftentimes in the marketing. And if we can start to put some sense to that and get some facts around it, get some data around it so we can make decisions as to what we should and shouldn't do, I help think that that helps empower us to do the other parts of our business even better. And we're starting to create you know, some repeatable leads coming in because we're actually now focusing our energy and efforts onto those things that are actually producing results. So super long answer, but (laughs) it was so valuable because you think like people want freedom. Like they didn't say, I'm going to start my own business. So, I mean, I think sometimes there is that like old hustle culture where it's like, yeah, you might work longer hours in some cases. In some cases you won't, but I don't think anybody said I want less freedom by starting my own business. And so if we mentally hook ourselves into every new social media and marketing trend and think I've got to do this, I've got to be on this platform, I've got to post six times a day on TikTok, but that's not where your revenue and your money's coming in, then what a shame because you only have so much energy and you could be focusing on the things that really are bringing revenue into your business. Absolutely. Yeah. No one says I want less freedom. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want? Less freedom. (laughs) And I wonder if you would speak to, because when you talk about like that conversion rate and looking at the back end, I also find it helpful. Well, first of all, you can sometimes tweak, like if a certain page isn't converting, right? You can have your copywriter or somebody on your team or yourself look and even A-B test those pages and see like which one, sometimes changing the colors or changing a few words. Um, some of the copy can solve some of those issues. But I also find that for me, I'm like very target oriented. So I know like if a hundred people come to this sales page or landing page and out of those hundred people, 10 people ultimately go all the way through and purchase, then I find that that's a good goal because then we can look like mid-month and say, okay, only 30 people have hit this page. What can I do to bring more traffic to this page? Because I know for every uh, this amount of traffic, I'll get this many sales. And so it becomes, instead of like this I don't know what to do or how to bring in more money. It's like, okay, I need to talk about this. I need to promote this. And I know once the traffic gets there, I'll make these sales. Most definitely. And I think that's what things people have to understand is in many cases, it is a numbers game. Like, (laughs) you know, at the end of the day, yes, if you have 100 people and 10 make it through, then you've actually done pretty doggone well. Like, you know, that's important to realize. And I think also being realistic with expectations of understanding it's like you're having a party you know and a hundred people say yes but the reality is 50 percent to maybe 70 percent are actually going to show up you know and you you know if you're giving the caterer numbers you're like yeah we're only making food for 75 okay (laughs) because you know that if you say oh no we're making food for 100 you're gonna have so much that's left over 
And the same thing applies with our businesses. There are definitely tweaks that can be made to the page. Um, Sometimes something as simple as understanding like through Google Analytics, like people are only scrolling down halfway on your landing page, your sales page, you know, and you have a video that's three quarters of the way down. Well, hmm, let's move that video up and see what happens. Like, you know, that can be one of your A-B testing that you're like, we have a whole nother page where we've moved the video up and what is happening over there. So definitely setting out those good, better, best goals are, I think, really important that like, hey, you know what? If we put this out there and two people buy, like, hey, it's a new offer. We've never talked about it before. And two is we're going for two. Now it'd be really nice if five, you know, and it would be super awesome if there were 10. Have those goals set up for yourself because like you said, it will help you as you're going along. Like if you get to mid-month and two people have already purchased, you're like, hey, I've got this. Like we are doing something right. And you're 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 motivated. You're ready to keep going. And so you there are so many things. I think the key is tweaking one thing at a time and you know, not doing too many tweaks because then you obviously don't know what was the thing that I did that actually yielded these results because you changed like everything. So there's definitely ways to do that. And I think getting over that hurdle that uh, is sometimes self-imposed in the sense of I'm tired of talking about this at this point. Like I've told everybody and their mom and their cousin that I have this, you know, whatever. I'm doing this webinar or I have or selling something. Guess what? People need the reminders. We get inundated with so much other stuff that we do forget that you're having something. So, you know, talking about it and like you said, where else can I talk about it? Where else? How else do I spread this message so that I get the numbers that I'm looking for and making those tweaks one at a time, whether it's through the A-B testing, whether it's through copy, you know, taking the time, I think, and this is really for my, my, our, you know, our fellow OBMs in the group is like, setting a firm line. And this is also for the business owners, like when working with your team, really allowing your team and yourself to have enough runway, have enough runway to put together all the assets well and not have the, hey, we're going to launch this next week. And like 50,000 things have to be done between now and next week because your team's going to want to get them done. And it, they're probably not going to be done at the level they could have been done if you said we're launching this in 90 days, we're launching this in, you know, 60 days, whatever. And so setting up a good runway that allows for realistic timelines and expectations and testing, because I feel that being on the back end, that's one of the things that don't happen. Like, has every have we taken the time if there's a 7 day sequence that happens after someone completes registration have we gone through and given ourselves enough time that that sequence fully runs through so that we catch what's wrong in email number 5 <laughs> before like it goes out have we given enough time to um 
test that all of our our goals and our conversions are ready on in Google Analytics and we're we're ready for what needs to happen there and we've tested that. Have we given enough time to test that our code is everywhere it needs to be that we've used all the UTM links that we need to use so we can keep track of everything that has happened. So really it's one thing to set up something. I think it's another to add in that testing component that allows to make sure that the whole thing works. People, yes, they made their payment. Everything has happened and it's gone off without a hitch. Now, does that mean that your whole thing's going to be foolproof? Not, no, we're working with technology. Anything can happen. There's gremlins that will just magically appear on the day yes. that you're actually <laughs> launching and they come out of nowhere eating wires or something. But giving that your team time to do things and to do them well, I think that that in and of itself is such a key part of a recipe for success. And that way, when you do go back for those testing, when you do go back to make tweaks, we know all the pieces that need the tweaking. Like, okay, we changed this and that means this has to change, this has to change, and this has to change. So I think that setting your good, better, best so that you know where you're trying to land up, you know, end up at in terms of how many people you want to have registered, you know, and even being realistic in that. If you've never launched anything, please don't tell me you want 50, like a thousand conversions. Like it would be great and wonderful. And I hope you have all the pixie dust to do that. But the reality is like a more realistic managed expectation is probably like your your best goal might be 20, you know, and like your good goal is just that. It might be two and be okay with that and know that it's a learning process and it's a learning experience and you'll take the data from what you've learned on this one and you'll apply it to the next one and that one will have more people. So it's looking at all of it as all interconnected, you know, and I don't know if we always do that in our in our minds. We think parts of our businesses are we don't always make the connections between what happens with operations as it relates to sales. Because if you did have 25 conversions, is your team ready to handle what that looks like to get that product out, to onboard those people into a coaching program, to whatever it is? Like you want to see how each of these things is actually connected to one another. And when you start to have, I think, that more holistic framework, it really helps you make sure that you allow the timelines and set the right expectations for yourself and your team. And I think that really comes into play and is helpful. Mm, That's so well said. And I think really people need to hear that because I wonder sometimes if like fast start and super creative business owners think like the OBM is coming in and like punishing them because they can't move as fast as they want to. But I think we should just play them your clip and be like, we want all the success for you. And this is a way to make it happen without burning yourself out, without burning your team out. And it's going to create such a better experience and that's going to just grow on itself over and over again. Most definitely. Most definitely. I think there is a feeling of like, stop holding me back. Really, I want you to fly. I want you to soar. I want you to spread your wings and do so many amazing things. But sometimes we have to go slow in order to go fast. And, you know, being slow in the beginning is 
it's a faster way to be fast because then when you're being fast, you've actually, you, your team has a plan. They know what they need to do instead of kind of feeling like we're going fast, but does anybody know where we're going? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're, we're just going really fast. Like you're like, okay, how's that working for you? So, um, you know, you'd rather run fast in a direction than running fast just in place. And that's sometimes how a team feels is like, we're just chasing our tail like a dog. We're like, we haven't gone anywhere. We're just going around and around because we are missing a really solid plan that comes from taking time and setting actual expectations that are realistic. Now, I have a couple more questions for you. One of uh -huh. those is for your clients, how long do you recommend or how often do you recommend they look at those numbers? Because we know people who do, like you said, they have the numbers, but, and I'm not like shading them because, right. It could be like, yeah, great. I have the numbers, but I don't know what they mean. That could be part of it. But beyond that, how often do you recommend people look at their numbers? Yeah, definitely monthly. Um, <laughs> and then there's some that we want to roll up and look at on a more quarterly basis, but you know, monthly. And I think that that's something else, like, like we were talking about earlier, there's definitely no shame. Like, Understand that it's okay if you have the numbers but don't actually know how to extract meaning from them or for them. Like they're not going to, you know, you stare at them and what's that old alphabet soup commercial and like or like a cartoon and the, the letters automatically form some, you know, form a word. Like I get it. That's so not going to happen when you look at your numbers. You're, you might be looking at a spreadsheet, eyes glazed over like, I see a bunch of numbers, you know, and that's okay. I mean, like th that's literally an area I love to help business owners as well as my colleagues is like, hey, how do we actually take this and analyze it, you know, and how do we pull out the story that's in these numbers? And granted, like, Large corporations have chief data officers just to do that alone, you know? So it's okay that if you have the numbers and you need to partner with someone who actually spends time analyzing the numbers and gives you a report of, hey, this is what's going on. And this is what I think you need to do based on this analysis. You know, I think that that's something that it holds people back because they're like, I'm supposed to collect these numbers and analyze them and know what the heck they're telling me. No, actually, you don't. Like, it's totally fine to partner with someone, but I would highly recommend looking at them on a monthly basis. Like, don't let it be like, what's like some things we seem to check like almost every single day. I don't know about y'all, but I do. <laughs> and so there's things that I'm like, I just want to look at it every day. No. A daily by a day by day is not going to tell you a story, you know. It's just like okay, they're little blips in the screen, but really taking the time to look at it on a monthly basis, and then obviously, like let's look at some quarterly things that have taken place, especially when it comes to financial data, operating expenses. You know, are we on track to hit our our goals? Are we on track to hit our budget? Like, or have we just blown? <laughs> I don't know, fifty percent of what we set aside for you know, some travel because we decided to book ourselves on, you know, three different, now that the world is opened up, we're going on three different trips to you know, three different conferences, you know, and you're just like, Ooh, that wasn't in the travel budget. Hmm, how did we do that? So what, what tweaks do we need to make in order to, you know, like, do we need to cancel one of these trips? Is there money we can move from somewhere else that we can allocate here? 
But really, on a monthly basis, is most preferred. And then obviously, there are things that you're going to look at quarterly just to make sure, are you staying on track with what you were trying to do? Or again, has the train been derailed? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know people might have heard Google Analytics and maybe or maybe not, that could be intimidating. And so I know you have a tool that you share with people. Can you talk about utilizing that tool and like how techie or not you have to be to be able to set that up and get that running? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, you know, I really want to take this opportunity just to let everyone know, because I feel like there gets to be some murkiness in the world of Google. (laughs) So they have a product that many people have on their website called Universal Analytics. You'll know you have it because there's a code that says UA dash blah, 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 with some numbers, okay? That, as of July 1st, 2023, Google will stop sending data from your website to that property, okay? July 1st, and I think some people are like, oh, Google's gonna hedge. Google has not shown any signs of hedging. (laughs) They are like, July 1st, to the point now when you log in, it's like it used to be a blue message. They're like, y'all still not reading. So now it's like in red. <laughs> like is, yeah. move to Google Analytics 4 by July 1st, 2023. Like they're literally like, I don't know what's wrong with all of you. I need y'all to move. And so they put it now warnings in red. They send out emails like they have a whole thing. So that's your universal analytics. What Google wants you to have set up is called Google Analytics 4. So we know all of the privacy concerns, the European Union. I don't know what we have, California now, Virginia. Mm-hmm. There's several states in the U.S. now also. My brain has like lost me as to also having privacy regulations. So quick backstory, UA was cookie-based. So we you know, had our cookies. We know now. Cookies are only really supposed to be real cookies that are like chocolate chip or sugar. Mm. (laughs) And so we had to stop using those cookies. And so GA4, which is probably more of what you'll hear it called, is now cookie-less. Like, so if we have Julie who's looks at a website on her phone and then Julie goes to her tablet and then Julie goes to Amazon on her desktop and makes the purchase, we now know that that was the same Julie instead of three Julies, okay? Because before we would have three Julies because Universal Analytics also could not track mobile. And, you know, so tablets and cell phones eh, weren't going to be there. You were, there were three Julies, which may not be a bad thing in the world, but I'm just saying, okay? (laughs) So with, um, if you, you know, the tool I have is it literally, it's a migration checklist. It is 10 steps to get you set up in Google Analytics 4 without a tech team. You do not have to be techie to do this. This will get you set up. This will also include important things like filtering out your internal IP, because a lot of things that took place in Universal Analytics was people had their own They never blocked out their own IP address. So that meant every time I went to my own website, it was counting me. And you're like, wow, I had 15 new visitors. (laughs) Oh, wait, that was me for 13 of those, you know? And so we don't want like that data. We want to have what they call clean data, not dirty to be like, yeah, that was, that was me. Okay. So we want to filter out you. Also get your team's IP addresses and filter them out, mm-hmm. name them who they are so that, you know, those visits are not getting commingled with 
actual customer visits. We can make some better decisions from that data. But literally, it's an easy peasy checklist. It gets you going. It gets you set up. And the thing that I share with people is I feel like they hear that July 1st, I can wait. One of the other added components to Google Analytics 4 is a level of artificial intelligence. So there is a level of AI where it helps bridge gaps where we may not see some of the parts of the customer journey, but based on how other customers interact on your website, we can start to fill in what could be taking place. So the longer people wait to install, like, I'm going to wait until June 29th, you know, (laughs) because they said July 1st, you shortchange yourself because you're not giving the system the data it needs. AI needs data in order to, like, that's what it eats. And so it needs that data. So I really tell people, you install it now. Like, every, it's, what's that? Like, the best time to plant a tree was five years ago. The next best mm-hmm. time was today. And that's the same with Google Analytics 4. The longer you give it in terms of having it on your site, and you can run both. You can have your UA still reporting And you can set up Google Analytics 4. They are two separate things, so they won't interfere with one another. You can have them both on your site. Google tells you to put both of them on there, you know, until this transition happens. So don't take that July 1st as like, I have until then. No, you want to actually do it sooner rather than later so that you're not only having, again, go back to context, you have some historical data in which to have in your system. Because the one thing that people don't realize is in a lot of cases at this point, there's no way to extract your UA data. So you might have had universal analytics on your site for five years. You want that historical data for trends and things of that sort. And right now, the I've seen one option that I'm going to test out that's about $99 to move your data from one view in Universal Analytics. Others are upwards of a couple of hundred to thousands of dollars. So it's important that, again, if you're getting stuff being fed into GA4, at least you're going to have something, whether, you know, at the time of this recording, we're almost approaching February. So like, what's that, five months before that data? which is better than you waiting until June 28th or 29th. And I think the other small little caveat is when people install Universal Analytics, it it fed your website like immediately, like you knew you did it right. Here it takes 24 to 48 hours. So like you can put it on and then you're like, they literally tell you it's going to take 24 to 48 hours. So it takes like a few days to then go back to be able to check that you did it right. So if you are one of those girl, I'm going to wait till June 30th. Like, good luck with that. But you actually won't know till July 2nd whether you actually did it right. And at that point, you're like, oh, okay, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. And so I encourage people to act sooner rather than later. And if you have a client or you're a person who has quite a bit of historic data in universal analytics that you want to have extracted before it goes away. And Google has said that they'll keep it, I think, for six months, you know, but we all know that they can, after July 1st, they can honestly do whatever they want with it. Um, So 
It's one of those things of also looking to get that data extracted out, utilizing some different, you know, tools that are out there in the marketplace and things that are currently even being developed. As people are seeing, this is a huge need because there's a lot of people have had a lot of data and it will just go away. You know, it it gives them a disadvantage because there aren't. And, and I think the other thing is it's not a one to one like. Things are called different things in Google Analytics for than they are called in Universal Analytics. So it's almost like you're going to need that historical data, but then also to understand that it's not going to directly transfer into what you're seeing in Universal into Google Analytics for. So I know that sounded complicated, but I promise you, get the ten p <laughs> the ten step migration checklist. It's super easy and reach out to me and I will, you know, I'm good for a quick loom. I will loom you to death if you have an error or some other thing that pops up or you have some other questions. <laughs> I love that. And I just was sitting here thinking how grateful I am that you came on the podcast today because to have such a brilliant OBM and you have shared so many incredible things. I'm curious because I know people listening are wondering how you work with clients right now. What offers do you have? Are there even opportunities to work with you? We'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So I do a VIP day setup of Google Analytics 4. So um, I love to call it that because I get you set up. But yeah, we follow back up with you again, that 48 hours, right? And what I also do is that follows up uh, 30 days later after setup is complete, where I actually have a meeting with you and we go through your data. So I'm actually teaching you what to look for, how to analyze it, and how that, you know, hey, based on this, this is what, you know, needs to happen next. So there's a Google Analytics for VIP day setup for larger businesses you know, typically more than 500K, I really do a whole business intelligence setup where we're not only looking at your marketing data, but also operations data as well as financial data. And it's a much more complete setup of all the different kind of things that you need to track in your business. So we look at leading and lagging indicators and get really geeky and nerdy <laughs> into those areas. And, um, you know, so that I have available as well. And I do consulting. So, you know, there's people who have questions. So I do, you know, data work with people. I, you know, you want someone to be your in-house chief data officer, you can definitely reach out. And, you know, I provide monthly reports to clients based on their data so that they can make those decisions. Because in some cases, people don't have team that actually does that. So. Yeah. And I do every now and then I still do fractional COO work. So I have some operations. I don't have space for that now. I, you know, I'm fully booked out in that area, but, um, you know, I, I love still, um, connecting with people. And if you reach out, if it's not me, I love referring other people who I know who are amazing because I feel that they're, I know we've talked a lot about brownies and cookies, but there's enough brownies and cookies in the world for each and every one of us. And um, I think, you know, approaching business with that mindset, that has really been a um, just a gift and, and truly like a treasure to know that I can refer out to other people who will take amazing good care of clients and their needs are met. And it doesn't always have to be met by me. And so 
but yeah, that's how they can definitely work with me and uh, make some magic happen. Well, Kiva, for those that don't know, whenever we have the podcast, I like to sort of jot little notes down as we're going and things that occur to me. And I wrote in big letters, empowering, because I feel like if you don't have that all over your branding and your website already, like I feel so empowered talking to you and inspired, but I know that people are listening to you, feeling that empowerment as well. Your whole message and everything you share, just it's It's really beautiful. And I'm so grateful that you joined us today. I'm so glad to be here. And I will be writing that down because I love that. (laughs) And I love that that was a takeaway for you. And I do. I love to empower each of us. I, I feel like the world needs us. And we each have such a unique gifting and just combination of experiences and ways that we do things that we're needed. We're needed. And the businesses we serve are needed. And there's just, you know, there's a need for us and we need to do the things that we can to make sure our businesses stay, (laughs) that they stay healthy, um, you know, in terms of finances and things of that sort and operational capacities and efficiencies, but also that we can do more for our families and our communities. And eventually, like, I feel like that ripple goes out to the rest of the world. So I just think that as women, we are, women business owners are really changing things in Mm. this, in this world and how we do business and how we invest and how we support one another. And I just feel like we're starting to see what is possible and it's helping all of us dream even bigger as to what is more possible. And so I am, I I love that and power. Yes. (laughs) A hundred percent. I, my only regret is that we don't live closer because I feel like we have so many like common values. I would be like, please (laughs) come to coffee with me. (laughs) We would be like sipping tea, like crafting all kinds of things together. (laughs) Taking over the world. Like, you know, have y'all seen Julie and Kiva? No, they went out to their she shed and we have not seen them. (laughs) Well, for all the listeners, we have all of Kiva's links in the show notes. We have that link to that amazing freebie. We have the link to your website. Anything else we talked about, it's all going to be there. So definitely check it out and go follow Kiva because just like I know our minds are blown about like all the behind the scenes of the Google updates. I know that you're communicating that on your socials, you know, and every way you reach out to people. So we should all stay tuned and and know and be more educated about what's going on. So thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so, so happy. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited to just share with you and your audience. And yes, I'm sending you a big old virtual hug. (laughs) Me too.